Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, today we're going to start things off by talking about some soccer. So the NWSL, the actually I don't know what it stands for. I've just always guessed it's like the National Women's Soccer League. I'm assuming that's still right. Uh, it's definitely like the big pro women's soccer league in the United States, though. And uh, they were supposed to start playing this weekend. Um, there are a couple of buffs in the league, um, and two of them are on the Orlando Pride. Uh, Taylor Korniak, who you guys probably remember from the podcast we did with her in October, maybe September. Um, she became the fourth overall pick in the NWSL draft this year and was supposed to make her debut on Saturday. Aaron Greening, who graduated a couple years ago from CU, is also with the Orlando Pride. And... Uh, there were a bunch of positive tests for the coronavirus before the team uh, left to go to Utah, where all of the teams are quarantining for this. Uh, they're calling it a tournament, I guess, but I think it's going to last a-, a month or so. And uh, that means that Orlando is not playing. They won't be in this tournament. They're just dropping out. So the rest of the teams will play, but not the team that... My plan was, at least, to follow pretty closely on this podcast over the next few weeks. Um, As we get to see Taylor and Aaron um, kind of bring back American team sports. I think that would be the first American team sport back. Yeah, definitely. Um, Which would have been a lot of fun, but uh, it's too bad. Um, You know, so... Before we get into what happened, I should tell you more about Manscaped. Uh, There's a bunch of other stuff that I want to talk about today. Um including 24-7 sports dropped the top 30 players in the Pac-12 heading into the 2020 football season. And there's only one buff on the list, but there are some things that we can read into this list. And it's kind of fun just to look because it's about time to start scouting the buff's opponents for the year. But first, Manscaped. Uh, One of my favorite companies that we partner with because... Really, Manscaped is just irreplaceable in my life. I don't know where else you can get the things that they make. Basically, anything that has to do with men's below-the-belt grooming, manscaped.com will get you all hooked up. And with the code DNVR20, you can save 20% and get yourself free shipping. They have trimmers. They have uh, the crop preserver, the ball deodorant that I talk about constantly on this show. They have, like, different soaps. They have all sorts of different things to make sure that you are taking care of yourself the way that you should be. Um, 
even though it's kind of hard to do because most people don't even think about it until somebody tells them to go to manscaped.com really and then you realize you can't live without their products all right again that code was dnvr20 for 20 percent off and free shipping straight to your door at manscaped.com uh so take advantage of that all right so i at this point it's tuesday afternoon we don't have a whole bunch of hard information about what happened with the orlando pride but there has been a whole bunch of speculation really um some of it really well sourced and um let's start with what we know for sure orlando pride so that's one of the biggest teams in the NWSL. They're consistently at the top in terms of uh, attendance. They have a really impressive roster. Uh, if you guys watched any of that last Women's World Cup, um, obviously Ashlyn Harris is the starting goalkeeper for the Orlando Pride. She was the starting goalkeeper on the uh, U.S. Women's National Team uh, when they won that World Cup. Uh, Allie Krieger, Sydney LaRue, both national team players. Alex Morgan, um, you, the biggest American female soccer player, women's soccer player. And uh, I think, was there one more? Yeah, Marta. Marta, who's the Brazilian star. She's carried them, I think, to World Cup wins. Um, but yeah, she's, she's one of the best... Uh, woman soccer players of all time so this is one of the teams that everybody's kind of watching emily sonnet too who i can't remember if she played at all but i think she made the roster um again so this is tough because uh th this again very well-known team with some veterans who are among the most well-known soccer players in the united states uh what the Orlando Pride said happened was there have been six positive tests from players, four positive tests from staff members, and they said that the players' positive tests, they were able to trace those back um, to one night when a bunch of the players went to a bar. And they got it, passed around, uh, passed around um, inside the facilities, obviously, too, with the staff getting it. And that's kind of what we know for sure or maybe we don't know for sure but that's kind of what's been put out there by the Orlando Pride other people have kind of looked back um you can search through Venmo transactions and you can see that some of the players including uh Taylor Corniak um were like I, they were like saying for drinks and stuff um and the night was september 14th or, or june 14th 15th right around the time when this would have happened for things to be flaring up now and uh it's tough um it's really disappointing obviously aaron was there too um according to the venmo but see this is the weird part where it's all speculation but the general consensus if you guys haven't been following along has been that they were part of the group along with a couple of the other girls, um, including one former CU soccer player as well who is out there, Alex Vidger, who you might remember. Um, she's very close with Taylor. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what's going on there. Um, I know I was really excited for this to, hap to start up again because, again, I want to root on Taylor, want to root on Aaron. Um, want to root on literally anything that's going on in sports at this point because that's where I am at this point in the quarantine. Um, so really disappointing to say the least. Um, 
but this is also kind of the first big shutdown um, as we've tried to restart the sports. Um, the this the league was supposed to be the first American professional sports league to come back, like Team Sports League, and it likely still will be with games starting in a couple days, but there was a major hitch. A whole team can't participate, and it makes you wonder what's going to happen when it comes time for the NHL teams, the NBA teams, to make it inside their bubbles. And can it, will that actually work? I, this is tougher because the teams weren't going to the bubbles until the games started. Um, so they were supposed to be getting out there this week with the first game starting Saturday for Orlando. Um, but their whole training camp, that whole process has been in Orlando. And Florida's been a hotbed. And they didn't have the same restrictions, obviously, with players going to bars, uh, getting sick. So maybe when you have an NBA situation, an NHL situation, where you're getting everybody to where they're supposed to be two, three weeks early and starting the bubble then, then something like this, an outbreak of 10 players, 10 people, that lasts a week or two because that's how long the disease lasts. But then you should be able to, as long as you quarantine correctly for those first two weeks, if you factor those in, um, you should be able to get past it. Um, but that's it's tough, and a lot of that applies to college football as well. It, that's just going to be a couple dominoes down the road still. We'll see what happens with the NBA and NHL and MLB first. But, you know, Nikola Jokic, the Nuggets star center, Turns out he had the coronavirus. We just found out today. We just found out that Novak Djokovic has it. I can't remember. I almost think I woke up to that this morning. Maybe it happened overnight because he was in Serbia. Um, but again, that comes out. And everybody thinks back to about a month ago when Nikola was in Belgrade because he had a former coach who was retiring. They're having like a big ceremony for him. And there was a picture of the two jokers from Serbia, Nikola Jokic of the Nuggets and Novak Djokovic, Djokovic, the tennis player, hugging at the, at the gym. So as soon as you see Novak has it, you start thinking, oh, no, Joker doesn't have it too. But... But he does have it, and and the kind of starts up those conversations that the Nuggets guys are having in the group chat now. What does this mean? Um, you know, the if if this disease is what we hope it is, I, I think would be fair to say, then it shouldn't impact Nicola because he he took the po he had the positive test a week ago. In about a week, they anticipate that he's going to be able to fly to the, to the United States because he'll be past his quarantine period and be back to normal. But again, with with the science still out on a lot of parts of this disease, um, you just don't know how it impacts him. You know, there just today, NPR a couple hours ago reported that they've found that even people who were asymptomatic or didn't have severe symptoms are having mild lung disease. And they think that that's probably reversible, but it's just one more little thing that flares up that we're just realizing now. You know, there's stuff like uh, this, this push now where people are starting to think that maybe you don't hold on to the antibodies, especially people who were asymptomatic when they had it, within a few months, you may be able to get again. But there's other science that says, if you do have it again, those people aren't contagious if you get it a second time. So all of this stuff is just so up in the air and the long-term effects, obviously, very much up in the air. Um, you know, if, if there is this 
mild lung disease, they're calling it. What does that mean for somebody like Nikola Jokic, who's running up and down a basketball court? You know, something that may just be a breathing issue, you know, something that's kind of annoying maybe for people like you and me who don't exert ourselves physically that way. Actually, that reminds me. Yesterday, uh, RK and I went golfing and walked 18 holes. My phone says we took 20,000 steps, a little over 20,000 steps since I was out there. Uh, and that was pretty crazy. That's 10 miles. We were both feeling it. It was awful. Um, so maybe there I would have felt mild lung disease or maybe who knows, maybe I had it and that's what was flaring up, but that was pretty miserable for both of us. I mean, we had fun and things went really well, but well, as in we played well, not as in like it was a date or something. Um, let's just get back to coronavirus. So, yeah, basically all this stuff is just up in the air. What happens for somebody like Jokic? Do, do those small symptoms, the, 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 you're not even really calling symptoms. I think they said he's asymptomatic. Does the lung issue that's happened for people in the month or two after they've had it, even asymptomatically, does that impact him when he's playing? And how does that impact the football players, the buffs who have it? You know, uh, I, I think Brian Howell reported that Rick George told him that there are now four positive um, tests instead of the two we had before. So that's an update. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's all just changing so quickly. Um, you know, the MLB now sounds like it's back, or at least the Players Association has agreed to show up to team facilities on or by July 1st. They still have to figure out the health protocols and all that stuff, which is probably going to be a big mess, um, just like everything else has been. But, you know, they're doing kind of the same thing that the NWSL did. They're having their spring training for three weeks at their team facilities um, in their hometowns what what, are you, what do you call that the the rockies what what is denver to the rockies the, the home their the place where they play but that's the point is that where they're basically using their big league facilities instead of their spring training facilities in arizona or florida but uh then they'll all fly in together and see how it goes i think yeah okay but it's uh it's just so up in the air. And again, it's just another day where there's news all over the place. You have to figure out what actually means anything. Um, we're going to get into some more buffs talk in the second segment. But there is one more story I wanted to touch on here that is pretty newsy. Um, there's the safety from West Virginia, Kerry Martin Jr. And uh, he just posted today, I think, basically a notes page, four screenshots. So it was... A, pretty pretty long one um explaining what's going on with the defensive coordinator at west virginia uh his, his name is vic koning uh i'd never heard of him i don't really know much about him but i mean, the, the the story there was kj Carey basically just saying we don't feel comfortable around him he pushes religion on us he uh has tried to tell us or, that the protesters shouldn't be complaining about getting tear gas or getting pushed back by police because if that happens, then they made the choice to not stay home. Um, and just some insensitive comments like that more than anything. And, and it sparks this discussion where Carrie F Martin feels like he has to speak out about it. Um, 
because the people who are interacting with him, the defensive coordinator, are feeling uncomfortable by this, but nobody said anything. And so this is one of those things, that power dynamic in college football that we talk about, this is where that comes totally into effect. You know, they're, they're the, the big things like the, the strength coaches pushing players too far and it's physically dangerous and all of that kind of stuff. But there's this stuff too where, you know, none of these players are in harm's way. It's just that he is offending them. He's making them uncomfortable. They don't like talking to him, being around him. Um, and he just makes them uncomfortable. And, you know, I think this is one of those cases where when everything does get so politicized, so divisive, this seems like one of those topics where he isn't necessarily putting them in harm's way. Is he being a jerk? Yeah. Are college football coaches sometimes jerks? Yeah. But this is clearly across a another line. And the truth is... It shouldn't really matter what how much of a jerk he is. What matters is how those players feel. And if they're unhappy, they don't have a way to do anything about it. And that's been one of these things that just happens in college football. Like the players just have to sit there and take it because there's nothing they can do. There's nothing they can talk to. If they bring it up, then they're going to get kicked off the team and have their scholarship pulled, whatever, because that power dynamic does exist. Um, reminds me very much of the Chuba Hubbard thing where uh, he felt that he had to say something. And because we talked about that, I did think that it was worth bringing up what is happening at West Virginia and that West Virginia put Koning on administrative leave. And now that this has happened a couple of times with these players being more willing to speak out against their coaches and speak really on behalf of the other players around them and say, hey, none of us like this. We could get a better coach and win more games if we could all just get along here. But football aside, because that's not the point of it, it does seem like this will become more and more common. That's my early read. For the most part, football coaches have kind of been, I mean, we can call it cancel culture. They've kind of just been immune to the cancel culture. Um, there, there are some examples of that not being the case for sure, but when you look at what's going on in other parts of the world, um, you know, the proportion of movie stars or whoever that have been called out for something like this, it's much larger compared to football coaches. And so this almost does feel like a wave is on the way. Um, but yeah, wanted to throw that out there. Now it is time to move along. Two, the top 30 football players in the Pac-12 Conference heading into this season, according to 24-7 Sports. But before we do, I want to tell you about the 15-can sampler from Breckenridge Brewery. I, uh, I I love it. It's my favorite. I just had, uh, what was the last beer I've had? Uh, vanilla Porter. It's a Vanilla Porter. Very good. It's just, I don't know. For being such a thick beer, um... It, it's very light, if that makes sense. Like, when you take, like, a drink of it, you're like, oh, boy. But then pretty quickly after, you're like, oh, that isn't a necessarily, like, a f super filling beer. It's just kind of thick. I don't know. It's, it's such a good beer, the Vanilla Porter Jr. And you can get that in the 15-can sampler with the Strawberry Sky, 
with the Avalanche Chamber Ale, the Hot Peak IPA. Uh, it's it's just such a good deal because you get the variety, but you get the bulk pricing. And uh, if you're looking for food, then you should probably check out the farmhouse as well. And if you use the code DNVR, then you can save $5 on your order. So, again, take advantage of these deals. Uh, also, would like to tell you guys about DraftKings because DraftKings is such an important partner of ours. Um, they make a lot of things possible for us, and we appreciate that. Um, but on top of what they do for us business-wise, they also make watching sports more fun, especially right now when... I don't have a rooting interest in most of the sports. You know, the Premier League's back, Bundesliga is back, um, all sorts of different options, but not necessarily the options that I typically took advantage of when I had all of the options. You know, we don't have baseball right now. Uh, we aren't just wrapping up the NBA playoffs, the Stanley Cup final, whatever. We're watching some Korean baseball. We're, we're, we're doing some weird stuff like that. And it's just so much more fun if you throw 10 bucks down on one of the teams on DraftKings. Get yourself invested because that's a feeling that I just haven't had outside of when I've used DraftKings um, for a few months now. And, you know, this is going to end here hopefully soon. Hopefully, I don't know. I guess within like a month, if everything goes well, we'll be about to ramp up with the NBA and NHL and football will be here. Oh, that reminds me. This is not part of the Dra DraftKings thing, but I should say that tomorrow uh, I'm talking um, on a Zoom call with the rest of the reporters and uh, with Mustafa Johnson and William Sherman, both of whom I'm really excited to hear from as they, uh, well, I guess Mustafa heads into his senior year um, and William Sherman moves into his junior year. Uh, both are working with new coaches, and it should be a pretty cool conversation. Again, I'm really excited. That calls it one, I think, so we'll probably get off like 1.30. Um, so yeah, just look for this podcast sometime tomorrow afternoon, and I will include audio of that call. Um, should be a lot of fun. If you guys have any questions, like I can't guarantee that I can ask your questions during the call, but if you guys have any questions for the players, feel free to leave those in the comment section for the post um, at uh, thedmvr.com. And I'll, I'll at least like take a look, see if there's anything that I can add to my list of stuff to check on. Um, and that's something that I'll try to keep going throughout this whole process just because of the way media availabilities will likely be structured with some advance notice. It isn't kind of just running in there the day of and being like, okay, who are we talking to or who do I want to talk to because something just came up and there's a story and then you get in there and then somebody has a workout and somebody else has class and somebody else just doesn't want to. And then all of a sudden you're on your fourth story. It usually isn't that bad, but uh, <laughs> just because that happens, this isn't something I've thrown out there before. But yeah, if you guys have any questions for Mustafa or uh, uh, William Sherman, throw them in the comment section of the poster day show and Again, I can't guarantee that I'll ask him, but I'll at least take a look. And I'm always curious what you guys come up with. Um, but yeah, back to DraftKings. Boy, are they fun. Um, and that's really what it's all about. Sports are fun. Sports betting is even more fun. And that's why I just have been having way too much fun watching sports. Because DraftKings makes it a little bit more interesting for me. Um, when I don't necessarily care too much about all the outcomes. 
DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sportsbook of DNVR. It's also America's top-rated sportsbook app. So there's no better option than DraftKings. The odds boosts are incredible. And um, before I get into the legal stuff, I, sh I do want to shout out those odds boosts again because that is what makes betting through something legal uh, even more enticing than betting through whatever you use o o off seas online, whatever. Um, not actually that. And because the odds are all better, which was something that I was kind of surprised by. But even now, as we look through, you know, I've jumped onto some of those um, off seas sites just so that I can see what the odds are like. And they take a bigger cut than DraftKings does. Plus, DraftKings will give you the odds boost, too. It really is incredible. Um, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DMVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. Sportspring, or DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out with a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Just enter the code DMVR when you sign up. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Time now to talk about 24-7 sports. This is top 30 football players heading into the 2020 Pac-12 season. Um, you know, only one buff showed up. We'll uh, run through this top 10. Um, but more than the players who were on this list, the positions really stand out. And I don't know. I'm Looking at what is on this list makes me feel a lot better about where the Pac-12 is at. Uh, so number one, no surprise, Penny Sewell, the tackle from Oregon, he's I, I, it, he, he's in a tough spot because he is the best tackle prospect that's come through college football in at least a decade. You could make the case for, like, I mean, ever if you wanted to, and he's, he's nearly flawless. Um, but you also have Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields in this draft class, and so it's going to be tough for any team to take a tackle first overall. Uh, we'll see where he falls. He is, in my opinion, the best football player in the country. Um, quarterbacks are so overvalued. Uh, but yeah, Penny Sewell, number one, that's a lock. Second on the list, Hamilcar Rashad, linebacker from Oregon State. I mean, he's the Pac-12's top pass rusher, so I think putting him at number two is fair. Um, they have him at 22 and a half tackles for loss and 14 sacks last year. Those are massive numbers. He was a first-team All-American. Um, and then you move on to number three, Elijah Molden, the safety from Washington. Again, very good football player, but we don't have time for all of them. Number four, Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive ed from Oregon. He went off at the end of the year as a freshman. Um, he had 14 tackles for loss and nine sacks. I want to say he only had like one sack in the first four games, five games or something like that. Um, he was a true freshman last year. Like I said, he's going to be something else going forward. Uh, he was the number one prospect, number one recruit in the country um, in his class. So, again, number four, that's fair. Paulson Adebo, number five from Stanford, a cornerback. So, again, look at this. We have a tackle. We have a, an edge rusher. 
we have a safety, we have another edge rusher, and now a cornerback. Paulson Adebo, he, uh, he, I think, could play him his way into the top five picks. Uh, he was an All-American, I believe a first-team All-American, as a true freshman at Stanford. Bit of a down year last year. Decided not to go to the draft. Um, uh, no, he didn't even have the option, did he? No, he didn't have the option. Um, but this year, he likely will. And uh, you could make the case for him being the top corner in the country. We'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. But uh, that's fair. Jay Tufele, the defensive tackle from USC. Again, makes sense. Uh, six and a half tackles for a loss, four and a half sacks. He was really good. I don't really have too much more to add on top of that. Next up is Levi Onwuzurike, the defensive tackle from Washington. Um, yeah. Yeah, fair. And then at number eight, we get to Nate Landman from Colorado. Um, so first of all, it's interesting to see where Nate lands. Number eight, uh, I'm happy with it. You know, again, looking through the guys in front of him, those are some of the elite players Um not just in football, in the Pac-12, but in college football. You know, these are all guys who could easily... I mean, I think they'd all be favorites to be first-round draft picks, whereas Nate typically is more around that third-round range. And again, being a good college football player is a lot different than being a good NFL draft prospect. Um, but when you have a bunch of rankings that are based on that, it is kind of similar, worth comparing. Um, for Nate, I love that he's getting this respect. Uh, he was first-team All-Pac-12 linebacker last year ahead of Troy Dye, even though he had a down year. And I think that he would probably say the same thing. Um, the tackles for loss were down. The I'm not sure if the sacks... Oh, this says the sacks were down. It has it right there. Well, that was really nice. Uh, Shout-out to 24-7 Sports, by the way. Should definitely be crediting them since we're talking through this whole list uh but uh yeah um i like this spot for him i think that he is deserving of it i think that especially late in the season things turned around i think that when the buffs defense picked it up and became one of the best defenses in the pac-12 you could credit Nate Landman as much as anybody for that change happening. Um, you know, the, again, talking about the tackles for loss being down, I know I've said this on his podcast before, but he said, you know, we're, we're three weeks in the season. I can't remember who asked. I think Brian Howell might have asked him. So why are the tackles for loss down? And he said, or why haven't you gotten one at that point? He hadn't gotten one at that point. And he said, well, because nobody's running stretch runs against us. And last year I was getting all these tackles for loss on the stretch runs, they just haven't been there. So there's a bunch you could read into that. Um, one takeaway would be that teams realize that Nate is going to beat their running back and hit the hole harder when they're running those stretch runs, those runs to the tackle. Um, so maybe he is impacting the game that way. The The coverage could improve, but we've had all these conversations before. Um it's nice to see him get some respect, and let's see if he can climb the list. Uh, Thomas Graham, the cornerback from Oregon at number nine. Drake Jackson, uh, the edge rusher from USC at number 10. Walker Little, the tackle from Stanford at 11. That surprises me. I think that he could be in the top five on this list. Um, he was hurt 
for most of last season, though, he probably would have been a first-round draft pick if he had just played last year. Um, so I think they're knocking him a little bit too hard for the injury. Um, then to Joe Treon, linebacker from Washington. Then to Devin Lloyd, linebacker from Utah. Keaton Slovis, quarterback from USC. The third offensive player comes at number 14. Thomas Booker, defensive end Stanford. Jihad Woods, linebacker Washington State. Max Borgie, running back Washington State. Um, then you have tackle. Uh, C.J. Verdell, running back at number 19. Tackle at 20. Um, so these teams really are, or at least the top-end talent in the Pac-12, is pretty concentrated on the defensive side of the ball. And that isn't necessarily what you'd expect from the Pac-12, or at least it wasn't a couple of years ago, but with Mario Cristobal taking over at Oregon, um, you know, Mel Tucker, honestly, taking over at Colorado, flipping that culture around a bit, and now Carl Durrell, an offensive coach, stepping in, but I don't think some of those philosophies will change. You're seeing a defensive push all the way around the conference, and... I think I like it. I, I I know I like it. I think that building from the trenches out has always been how you win in college football as much as you like the air raid. I mean, look through the last few Pac-12 football ga- or championship games. Uh, last year with Utah and Oregon, uh, two definite defensive teams. You know, Oregon may, may have a little more flash because they had Justin Herbert, uh, sixth overall pick at quarterback. Uh, they had C.J. Verdell, the best running back in the Pac-12, or best returning running back in the Pac-12. Uh, Penny Sewell, the best lineman in college football. Um, and then a couple guys at receiver who are interesting as well. But really, that team was built on the defense. Um, and the way they run the offense, it was very much structured to help the defense, to put the defense in good situations. That wasn't an offense that was off doing its own thing. They were running the ball. They were not turning the ball over. They were throwing when they needed to throw the ball. And that was about it. And it worked. Uh, And that will continue to work. You know, before that, you have Utah taking on Washington in the Pac-12 championship. A game Washington won 10-3. You know, before that, I think Stanford... No, USC beat Stanford the year before that. Uh, Before that, it was CU and also Washington. There we go. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as much as Phil and Cepho carried that offense in 2016, the talent on that team really was on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and, and I think that you're just seeing this theme everywhere, and I think coaches are starting to embrace it more. Um, you're not going to see as much air raids, spread stuff. You know, USC's doing their own thing, and they have a great defense. They aren't a power football team offensively, which is what you'd kind of expect. But, I don't know. I I do think that there is kind of a theme here um, and that these teams really are valuing the defensive side of the ball. A couple of interesting notes. Uh, There were a a few offensive linemen in there, um, almost no receivers. I think the first receiver was Amonra St. Brown at number 21 out of USC. But the lack of offensive linemen, tight ends, in this conference is kind of a problem. You know, you look at where a lot of those recruits are coming from and it's outside of the traditional Pac-12 recruiting territory. You know, it's more Louisiana. 
Speaking of Louisiana, what a time to be bringing in Mitch Rodriguez to be the Buffs' offensive line coach um, when there is that offensive line talent down there. There isn't as much in Texas and California as there has been in the past, and I think that that's part, one of the really big reasons that the Pac-12 has struggled recently. You do see a couple of guys, you know, Penny Sewell's obviously way there at the top. Uh, you have uh, Walker Little, who's there. But, I mean, there are five guys on all those lines. That's a quarter of your starting 22, and they're still a little bit underrepresented. Um, so obviously Nate Landman makes the list. I think Mustafa Johnson should have been on the list. Um, maybe not too high on the list. I think that he's a guy who has quite a bit to prove still, um, just because he had the down year due to injuries last year. Um, so I'd be willing to bet on him, but, uh, I would have, I would have included him in this list. Um, I think that's about it. I don't think there's anybody else who you'd really say. I mean, KD is just outside, but the way these receivers are ranked, you know, Frank Darby didn't make this list out of ASU. And that's a guy who I consider a similar level of player. And maybe you even give the edge to Darby at this point until KD does prove it with the numbers. Um, just scrolling through Javon Holland from Oregon. He's way too low on this list. He's at 29. He's, he should be up a lot higher, but, uh, yeah. Um, William Sherman, you could make a case for, um, but you know, I think, I think moving him to left tackle will put him in a better uh, position to, 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 prove himself deserving of being on this list you know going up against all the top edge rushers in this conference and there are quite a few but uh yeah i don't know i think that as we start to close in on a college football season i mean we're still two months away but it feels kind of close uh it's important to start looking through these sorts of lists and start looking at the competition a little bit um before we get out of here, I do want to tell you guys a little bit about Strava Craft Coffee, which is a CBD-infused coffee that has changed lives. You know, it's helped people with anxiety. It's helped people with uh, IBS. That one always pops into my brain. I don't know why, but it has. Um, just, like, general, like, body pain. It, it does all sorts of stuff, but the thing is, a lot of people don't even know that it can help them. Um, you know, they've heard other people talk about it, but they've never really considered what it could do for them. And because the effects are so widespread, there are so many different ways it can impact somebody. It's easy to just get lost and think that it's not going to do anything for you when really it's worth trying. There's no THC, so it's not psychoactive. And it's not super pricey either, because if you use the code DNVR20, you can save 20% off your online order. Uh, plus, if you do that, then tag Strava and tag us when you purchase it. And uh, we just like to keep track of that kind of stuff. Uh, remember, purchase online for 20% off if you use the code DNVR20. That's going to do it for today. I'll be back tomorrow afternoon with uh, some thoughts on whatever Mustafa and William have to say about who knows I mean we haven't talked to either of those guys I haven't talked to either of them since like November I guess um so yeah that'll be fun uh 
curious to see where their head's at, what they think of the new coaches, um, specifically with Chris Wilson. I mean, you got to think Bustaf is going to be loving working with somebody who has the track record that Chris Wilson has. And then, of course, Mitch Rodriguez, who I was just bringing up. He's a personality, and I wonder what William Sherman thinks about it. So, yeah, we'll be talking about that stuff. I'll have the full audio from that call, and uh, who knows what will pop up in the world between now and then, but we'll talk about whatever that is too. That's going to do it for today. As always, leave your questions on the post for today's show at thedmvr.com, and I can get to those tomorrow. I think they like my Colorado sway, cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holland get a bus with my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. Might not sway, I think they like my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. Patiently awaiting Whoa. When I hit the field It's so hard to behave yeah. I'm Colorado swagging As the crowd do the wave Look into my eyes I can tell that you afraid uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya Hit ya, hit ya. Hit ya. Hey. Hey. You on your own now Why you watching the official yeah. You just better hope You make it to the next whistle yeah. And we ain't playing with you You can get it anytime yeah. It started at the scrimmage We gon' win it at the line yeah. My Colorado swag in the middle Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, man I swear I think they like my Colorado swag.